Hello, hello. This is Yag, and welcome to another brand new episode of the SaaS Sprints podcast, the podcast for content marketers in SaaS. In this episode, we are going to learn from one of the best when it comes to video content and the overall LinkedIn game of everyone in their company. Today, we have with us the one and only Will Aitken from Lavender. Hey, Yag. Hey, how are you? How are you? Yeah, I'm great, mate. Yourself? I'm doing absolutely awesome. You know what, Will? We want to make sure today that everybody gets a piece into your content game, your LinkedIn game, and that's what we're going to discuss. Are you game for it? I'm so game. Let's go. All right. Hey ho, let's go. One of the most immediately noticeable things for you guys at Lavender is how good your content is, be it videos, be it social media presence, are probably being one of the best at, uh, I would say, product-led content storytellers out there. So Mm -hmm. can you give us a snapshot into your content process, say right from the way you brainstorm something to producing it and distributing across the channel? What is your process like? Yeah, for sure. So I could probably give more insight into my process rather than the entire team. We do are lucky enough to have a team full of very creative people who have their own followings, who put out a lot of content. And when we come together, we can really get something seen on social because we all have these different audiences and different ways of putting together our messages. So I think between us, just our individual profiles, we probably have well over 250,000 followers on LinkedIn at least. And then we will have kind of separate things going on as well. YouTube channels, TikTok channels. So as a team, we have the luxury of having lots of voice and diversity of voice and different ways of saying it as well. As a brand, that's probably where I, I play the biggest part. So I lead all of our social content. I create anything that's to do with video. The part of our content that I don't touch as much is more of our blog and written content, mainly because I'm, I'm very dyslexic. I'm much better on video <laughs> than I am behind the, uh, behind the keyboard. But when it comes to that kind of thing, what, what we like to do is kind of... So, so Lavender is all about sales emails, right? And, and you'd think that'd be quite restricting, but there's so much that you can actually talk about under sales emails. So what we do is have a weekly theme and we don't tell our, our audience about it. We don't announce this, but we have a theme that we're going to kind of focus on that week. And the idea being that if someone saw one piece of content to do, with, let's say subject lines, then then that's that's a win for us, Right. We kind of want to own that 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 kind of subtopic for the week. So to give us some directions, we've laid out 52 topics for the year. And then that week, we're going to make a video, a blog post, and a bunch of social posts, memes, tip videos, TikToks, all about that, that theme. So this week, it's sales videos. And we'll also do a live show with some guests who will come in and talk about, talk about that. So we really want to own that. And what that helps us do is, one, SEO, because then we've got the blog, the YouTube video, and everything under the topic that we know people are searching for. So when we came up with these topics, we were really looking for like, what are people looking for? What questions are they asking? And then we went and built these themes and topics around what people want. But then from there, I have kind of free will to go and make whatever content I choose. So typically I'll, I'll think, okay, could I do a masterclass? Could I give an example of a really good sales video that someone has sent to another customer? Could I give an instruction video? And then I'll, um, I'll go ahead and script that, film it, write it edit it and post that on YouTube. Maybe there's some cut downs that come from that. I just basically think about the topic, think about what I, I would want to watch. And I think this is a big part of it all as well, of being a seller and our core audience is sellers. And I think that's what is missing from all of marketing out there. 
there, there's not knowledge on what the audience wants. So I just think, what would I want if I wanted to learn more about this topic? And then I go ahead and make it. No, that's, I think that's pretty interesting. One of the first things that when I looked at your LinkedIn profile, you know, one of the first questions that I always had was, is Will a content marketer? Is he a salesperson? And then your profile very clearly says that I'm a salesperson. So how did that come up? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, technically, I am a content marketer. My job is content marketing, but my passion is sales. You know, marketing, the content is more of an excuse to talk about the thing that I love, which is sales. So I was a seller and I was hitting my numbers well, performing well. And I had just moved to a new city. So I didn't really have many friends and new hobbies and whatnot. So as a kind of thing that I wanted to do on the side, I just started making TikTok videos. And then um, I just started making them every day, putting them out. And it was just really a fun thing. I really enjoyed making 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 the videos. I enjoyed the, the, the reception to them. I started posting them on LinkedIn and then it started growing a following. And then that got noticed by some leadership at a company called Vidyard, who are a one yeah. Canadian startup in the in the rev tech space, help people send sales videos. And they wanted someone to come in and help them build this media company, sales feed. And they wanted to make sure this person was a salesperson for the reasons I'm talking about. They know how to make content resonate. They have subject matter expertise. And that's really where my content marketing career actually began. So I'm a creator, but then I, I exclusively create sales content. And then from sales feed, jumped across the lavender just a couple of months ago. Yeah, yeah, no, that's amazing. And you do have very strong opinions about the content size, if I'm not wrong. You know, somewhere I've heard that uh, if you're not interested in listening to long form podcasts, you would rather cut it down into smaller videos and all of that. So do you believe that the size of content really matters today? I think when creating the content, you need to consider the content size. So, so I don't believe that podcasts don't have their place. In fact, I have a podcast. I just believe that sometimes when you're creating content for, let's say LinkedIn, you should create it for LinkedIn. And a 30 minute podcast isn't content for LinkedIn. It's content <laughs> right. for podcast platforms, right? Yeah. Or YouTube maybe. Even then YouTube has its own editing styles. So they've created that new podcast yeah. tab where you can keep your podcast to keep it separate from the actual videos that are edited to be YouTube videos. Yeah. Same thing for TikTok as well. One thing I see a lot of folks do is kind of take a cup from their, their, their podcast and then just put it on TikTok. Um, the problem with that is people aren't scrolling TikTok to listen to a podcast. It's right. just not what they're there for. So I'm trying to think about like, what is the audience expecting? So instead of taking a three minute chunk out of my podcast and uploading it to LinkedIn or, or TikTok, I'll edit it to make it match the platform. Or in some cases, I might even re-record that clip as a TikTok using what the the thing said in the podcast, but in a way that can get digested in a 20-second bite. So it's more so just thinking about the content format and how it's going to be consumed on each platform and making sure it matches that is is more my idea. I don't believe podcasts are bad. I love them. I listen to podcasts when I'm when I'm doing stuff. And that's what I mean. I'm I'm doing stuff, right? So I can listen to a long form. But if I'm scrolling on my phone, I'm not here to sit there and watch an unedited, often, you know, even what we're doing right now, I'm, I'm kind of waffling a little bit, right? I'm not getting to the point as quickly as I could, but in a TikTok, you've got to get straight to the point. So in yeah. that case, it might re justify a re-record or a really heavy edit to make it match the platform that I'm going to post it on. Yeah, no, that absolutely makes a lot of sense. And it's also interesting that, you know, you speak a lot about the creator side of the world. So what do you think today is the biggest opportunity for content creators out there to be in social media? One, definitely, I, I, I understand where you come from when you talk about TikTok, but what is the larger opportunity out there? I would say diversifying platforms is probably the biggest opportunity for any creator out there right now. And in doing so, also making content for that specific platform. 
Yeah. So I think a lot of folks are very well known for, let's say, writing posts on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of opportunity to get out on video, make yeah. YouTube videos, make TikToks. And what's beautiful about this idea, although it sounds like a lot more effort to then go and start making videos, you can repurpose your existing content into those, those things. Kind of similar to what I just said, right? Yeah. Um, so if you had a LinkedIn post that went viral, that was written, well, heck, you can now actually make that into a 30 second video and get that on TikTok, get that on YouTube Shorts, get that on Instagram Reels. You could make a deep dive eight minute video on YouTube. And, and by diversifying it, because a lot of the audiences that we get on these platforms are actually rented, you, you one, protect yourself, but two, reach new people as well. A lot of the time in LinkedIn, it feels like you're just seeing the same people like your posts, same people comment on your stuff. So going onto new platforms can reach new audiences and also protect you in a way because heck, even one of my friends recently had his LinkedIn profile just taken down. Didn't say it was coming back. They just said you're banned. So you had to appeal that. That's his entire business. Yeah. You know, so that in those senses, it, it makes sense to diversify your platform onto several social media platforms, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, spread out. No, that makes a lot of sense. And as we go on to build audience in each of these platforms, you know, gone are the days in maybe, you know, sometime in the past, we always had links taking people back to the website. And that's where we thought we are building our audience. Today, everything has changed. And how do we make sure that the audience that we build in each of these platforms ultimately translate into a business relationship at some point? Mm. May not be immediately. We are in the world of demand gen where we yeah. are creating interest for the future. But how do we make it count? Yeah. So this this was a big question that I had to answer for myself, both in my role now as social, like sure, likes and comments are great, but what does that mean for the company that I work for? Yeah. Um, and also, you know, my previous role at SalesFeed. And I think you have to have something to point to be, you have to have a conversion point to point people towards, whether that's your website, a newsletter, a link page, and that's the point you get ownership. So I like to think of it, you know, as many other people do as a funnel, right? Social yeah. sits above everything else. It's It's this... It's, it's, it's impressions, but what's the thing that goes under that? And you need to think about what that is and make sure it's strong and valuable and give people the reason to click that. You don't necessarily have to advertise that in every post because a lot of the time, the best content is just value, generosity, giving, but you can ask for something back every now and again in a while. And that can be your thing that you ask back for. Hey, just so you know, I do, I, I have a newsletter where I share tips like these every week. And then in that newsletter, you can maybe start layering stuff about your product and your service. And then that can be the point where you can start getting conversations and conversions directly into pipeline. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. And today, you know, everybody in the dog says that video is the future. And uh, people have been saying that for the last five years. And there are very few people out there who are doing it well. But mm. would you say is the future of marketing primarily now going to be ruled by video really and finally? Or are we just seeing a tip of the iceberg for now? I don't believe that. Funnily enough, I am a video creator. I make my, my best content, I believe, is video content. But I believe the, the future is diversity mm -hmm. of content. I'll tell you a story about this, actually. So when I was young, I used to have au pairs because both my parents worked. So they used to bring, you know, like a, a student from Czech Republic, or we have one from Turkey once as well. And then they'd kind of live in our house and they'd, they'd get a car and they'd pay them like, I don't know, 50 pounds a week or something like that. And then they'd, they'd look after the kids after school and whatnot and keep the house clean. But then one of the pairs had to go home because it was a family emergency. So mum had to take over and she was making us dinner and mum wasn't the best cook at the time. And she made us chicken Kiev, which is um, Ukrainian dishes, chicken uh, with some garlic and herbs inside. Anyway, me and my sisters absolutely loved it. We were like, that's the best meal we've ever had. So then my mum made it again. 
And then she made it again. And then she made it again. And then she made it again. And we got very, very bored of chicken kia very quickly. So it went from being our favorite <laughs> thing to eat. And now, now I can't even eat it. I can't even hear the words without being like, oh, no, I can't have any more of that. Right. You know what I mean? In the same way, yeah. when you give your audience the same thing over and over again, they will start to lose interest and stop paying attention. So what can you do to keep your content fresh? And I think the best way to do that is switch up the format. Are you giving value? Are you giving humor or entertainment? Are you giving stories and aspirational motivational advice? Those are the themes that you can go down, but then there's the format as well. Are you writing about it? Are you making a video about it? Are you posting a photo of you and your family? Whatever it may be, but I, I believe that's the future of content creation is diversity. And I see it so often that, that folks lose relevance because they just keep doing the same thing and expecting it to keep people interested when ultimately it won't. Yeah, yeah. The funny part is that we marketers are known to go and find a channel that works and uh, then absolutely spoil it for everybody. Uh, and sometimes I've also been guilty of it in the past until I learned it firsthand. But yeah, I think that's that's the beach, beast of the game. You know, you have to actually uh, know what it is and keep switching and, and see what works. It's, it's experimenting as well. Sometimes you might stumble against it. Exactly, exactly. So what suggestions would you have for, say, ambitious sales reps in today's environment, especially who want to leverage content for, you know, their growth, especially, say, in the world of prospecting today, mm. a lot of people are sending out videos as part of prospecting. So what can they do better? Mm. Yeah. So there's a couple of, there's a double force to question. I think, I think one, by the way, video is making an excellent prospecting tool. I love video for a couple of reasons. Yeah. Number one. It's it's different. It takes a lot. It takes a little bit more effort and a little bit more charisma, I guess, uh, presence to 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 pull off correctly. So use yeah. use your different channels, right? Use ways to get your ideas across and stand out because a lot of prospecting is standing out from the pattern. So one hundred percent switch up your your formats, your messaging, same way, same idea. Don't just say send the same thing over and over again. Expect to do anything different. Switch it up. Switch up the format. Switch up the message. Switch up the value prop. But a lot of sellers get this idea of social selling, building a personal brand. It may sound ironic because it's what I've done. I don't think that's always the best idea or a great use of your time. You will notice when I told you earlier about the story about how I started creating content, I was already hitting my numbers yeah. when I started doing that and, and making LinkedIn content videos. Had I not been, I think my boss would have been a bit, a bit peeved that I was out there making TikToks and putting them online while completely missing my <laughs> right. numbers. So I would say, first of all, focus on the fundamentals because ultimately social and personal branding and, and building an audience is a longer game than picking up the phone and making a call or sending an email directly to a prospect. It will take longer to pay off. Yeah. But when it does, and if you can do this, then this is where it can be a good thing. You can, one, meet new prospects because they'll start to become aware of you and your content. If they're engaging with your content. That can be a good reason to reach out to them because they're more familiar with you. But also as an account executive, you're a seller who manages entire sales cycles. Well, when you're talking to a prospect, you can connect them on LinkedIn after your first conversation. And this is something that I saw happen a lot when I was when I was managing sales cycles. I have a discovery call with them. I connect them on LinkedIn. And then we have a demo maybe a couple of days, a week later with the rest of their team. And in between now and then, they've seen, I don't know, four or five of my posts. And suddenly they, they know me a lot better. We've built relationships with them offline yeah. and built more familiarity. And I felt like that was where I had the most impact on my pipeline was this ability to build relationships with people when I wasn't even in the room with them, which differentiated me against the, the reps I was competing against. So 
that, yeah. that 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 can be a win but i wouldn't do that until you've mastered those fundamentals and you're hitting your numbers because otherwise you're in a you're playing a long game and you don't have much time left <laughs> that's 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 all i'll say that all right exactly yeah yeah no especially in a season where people are getting laid off left and right you can't say that i'm building demand for the future yeah uh, you, i wish you could but let's be real most sales leaders won't do that <laughs> Exactly. And do you use AI for your content creation today? Mm, not as much as I think I should. Do you believe in it? So let me think. What are some ways that I use AI right now? Our tool is an AI tool, but it's not so much generation. Sometimes when I'm doing YouTube videos or I've written a LinkedIn post and I don't think it's quite as good as it could be, I'll use AI to rewrite a title to be more clickbaity or more of a hook. Sometimes I use it for inspiration. Sometimes I use it as like a sounding board, like give me like yeah. 10 ideas for this and I'll see if I like any of them or I can use them as a starting point. So, but I don't think I've ever actually posted anything on LinkedIn that's been written by AI. Sometimes tweak the first line. I did this last week, actually. I didn't actually work that well, but I knew the first line of my post wasn't really enough to stop someone from scrolling and read the rest. So I tried get chat GPT to give me some ideas. One thing I have been using is AI image generation, and this is another way. I'm not using it to create content that I'm going to post. It's more so a starting point, almost like a prompt back to me. So I would say to it, give me a eye-catching thumbnail for a video about blank. And then I look at it, I'm like, oh, that looks great. And it's like, I know, an office with a guy there holding a sign. Well, then I can then go recreate that that thumbnail, but with myself in it, right? So sometimes in that way, it gives me like a creative starting point, but less so using it to actually create the content that I then go and make itself. There are some other tools that I've been using lately. Um, for example, I guess I use AI to do my captions sometimes. Um, Descript I've used to do a couple of my podcast editing, which can remove the uh, the gaps between when you're talking. And then Midjourney uh, is my AI image generator that I'll use that to give me visual prompts as well, ideas for like thumbnails um, and things like that. So I also use it as inspiration rather than a creation tool. Right, right. No, that that makes sense. And everything that you guys post, especially in terms of video at Lavender, tends to either go viral or is really, really interesting. So have you guys figured out uh, some sort of formula so this is what works or what is your framework behind creating such videos mm, yeah i don't know uh, that's a compliment uh, but yeah all the, all the stuff all the videos that i've put on there uh, i've edited myself so i feel like the editing makes a difference sometimes just doing something at the very beginning of the video that gets someone's attention can can help yeah keep them short for linkedin but also long videos can perform as well but really i think the most important aspect of it is the delivery the on-camera presence of the person that's being recorded and then what can you do in the editing to make it just slightly more punchy you know, doing quick cuts, switching the visual up, adding something on the screen, sound effects, music can all add to retention. And that's probably the most important thing when it comes to social video. Right, right. And is it also about specific stories saying that I'll use this format for this kind of stories, either to talk about, say, um, email opens or either talking about how to make a sales pitch? Is it about mm. certain kinds of stories that you think works better? I don't have an answer to that question, but I, I think... No, I, I, I've kind of just taken the same idea to all of it, really. I, I know that's kind of bad, but like, how can you make something more interesting than just how to get your email opened is the question I'd be asking myself while, while creating a video. How can I make this more than that is, is the question I'm always asking. Yeah. Because I, I think the topic of cold emailing could be really boring if done wrong. So what can you do to yeah. elevate it? 
and, and maybe that is a bit of storytelling. Maybe it is a little bit of editing. Maybe it's a bit of humor or a joke or a prop. So that's the, that's the question. That's probably the, the main thought process I have rather than like, what's the story? But like, I mean, I suppose in some aspects, right. So if we're going to make a video, is it just about cold emailing or is there a second layer to it? Like, is there something else going on? Um, that that yeah. that can just do one extra thing that might keep someone watching that won't feel like they've seen this before. Oh, this is new. I've not seen Willie a can of spam before, which is what I did last week, which I regret. But <laughs> you know, just little things like that, right? So so yeah, um, yeah. Nice, nice. With that, we get to the second part of the podcast, uh, which we call, we run it more like a game show. We call it the rapid fire section. I'm going to shoot five quick questions at you. The questions might be short, but the answers may not be. So you can speak whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. All right. So here's the first question. What's your pick when it comes to higher organic reach? Is it TikTok or is it LinkedIn? Oh, if you had asked me this a year ago, I'd say TikTok, but it can really depend on the algorithm, how many followers <laughs> you have. Right now, for me, it's LinkedIn. But in the past, virality-wise, TikTok was much lower-hanging fruit. I got yeah over 20 million more impressions on TikTok last year than I did on LinkedIn. So I would say TikTok. Wow. And it was all organic, so yes. Love that. All right, so what's one thing that you absolutely hate about cold emails? When they're just like nothing makes me like cringe more than the like the cliches and the formatting like i <laughs> I, I almost want to like grab the person with the email and like make it it could have been said in so many fewer words like little the, the i would say that that first one the cliches actually is probably what drives me nuts the most hey will i know you're busy but i hope you're well how are you <laughs> you don't care i don't care get to the freaking point you've emailed me in the middle of the day come on like i just think all of that can be cut and uh, I don't know why people do that. If I had to guess, it would probably be because we got taught to do that in school and like when we were writing letters and stuff. But yeah, yeah. it's just, oh, when I see that, I immediately lose interest in emails that I'm reading. And and I don't know why, like a cold email is actually quite easy to write compared to all the other aspects yeah. of sales. Making a cold call is scary. You've got to have the right tone, the right pace, ask the right questions. You've got to think on your feet. You've got to be improvised. Getting on video is tough. It's it's not comfortable. You could write the world's best email this afternoon. But all you'd need to do is actually know what you're doing. And it's actually, there's so much content out there. So I don't know why folks can't get it right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another thing that I often get in my inbox is quick question, Yag. <laughs> oh, that, that's what I mean. Like th- these things have become patterns, right? And in sales, the whole point is to to to, to interrupt the pattern, right? So yeah. writing an email like every other email that a person gets or using a subject line that everyone's using, I think the issue is is when you Google what's a good subject line, that's probably on there. Don't trust yeah. Google because everyone else did the same <laughs> thing and now you're sending the same email that other million people who Google would have to send a cold email are doing. Yeah. Find ways to stand out or find ways to, in fact, sometimes, especially with subject lines, just don't seem like you're trying to sell something, you know? Yeah. I see so many subject lines that are like, like, do you want to 10x your 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 content <laughs> creation? I'm like, I can read that without even opening the email. I know I'm about to get pitched. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. can you do things that help you maybe even some cases blend in, but not in the bad way, not in a pattern way, but more so like, for example, someone can send me an email trying to say, 
I can help you edit videos. They could send a subject line that tries to sell me that says 10x your video retention. Let's just say that, right? With great editing. Well, I'm going to read that. I'm going to go, okay, so this person's about to sell me video editing, delete because I'm busy and I've got a million other things to do. And my my to-do list is already too long before I read that email, so I'm not going to read it. Or you could write a subject line that said video editing. And I'd be like, okay, what is that? And it's not, it's not deceiving me in any way. The video, the email is going to be about video editing, but it's, it's not putting up like my resistance barrier because people naturally resist being marketing and sold to. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. All right. So here's question number three. What is your best rebuttal to LinkedIn is not Facebook? Unless you work at LinkedIn, you probably don't have the, 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 the credentials to declare that. I, I hear stuff like that and it's just like, what do you want it to be? It can be whatever it wants. Let the, uh, let the audience decide. Yeah. I do have opinions on people, people oversharing on LinkedIn, stuff like that. But if I don't like something, I just keep scrolling. You know, like exactly. you have more control over your feed than you realize. Everyone complains about LinkedIn being cringy, and sometimes I see that. But if you engage with the right people and follow the right people and comment on the right people's posts and and engage with the content, then LinkedIn will know what to show you. They have an algorithm. That's the whole point of it. It learns what you like. Exactly. So commenting, this, is, this isn't this is appropriate for LinkedIn on something, is only going to result in you being shown more of that type of content. So perhaps just go on with your life. <laughs> I love that. Exactly. You know, if you don't like something, unfollow simple as that yeah yeah you have control you're, you're not yeah. you're not being strapped to a chair and force fed this content just <laughs> scroll past it or use the three buttons and say i'm not interested in this type of content and then you won't be showing that again yeah yeah exactly all right so question number four who's one person whom you think is great at social content somebody outside of lavender could, hmm. that's a good question yeah I, I quite like in line with some things that we've spoken about here there's a guy called vin matano he works for a company called Demand Base, and he's he's done a very good mm-hmm. job of diversifying his following across multiple platforms, but also, yeah, he does a very good job of what we were talking about earlier. He makes great TikToks, full TikTok. He makes he just started doing his first like full-length YouTube videos, so he's now he's doing like vlogs. His LinkedIn posts are like tactical sales tips. I would say he's he's definitely one who I think about for sure. Vin Matano, just to, to make sure that name... Yeah, I'll definitely uh, share it in the, um, you know, in the notes as well so that people connect with him and follow him. And here's the final rapid fire question. Which is your uh, favorite tool when it comes to creating content? I, uh, okay. My, 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 the most of my content is video. So a lot of the, the editing I do is video. I use DaVinci Resolve for that, which is a free tool, but I have the paid version. But I also am a really big fan of SnapTick, which is another video editing app, but it's a bit more like fundamental if you will it's a little bit more simplified because most video softwares are overwhelming for new users when i first started editing video i was like i can't do this it makes it look more difficult than it is yeah SnapTick is uh, does a good job of simplifying the interface giving you preloaded effects transitions and, and and doesn't complicate anything and then i'm going to go for my third pick i know you only asked for one i use an app called um oh no canva i would say canva i'm always in canva my thumbnails my videos my yeah. thumbnails for yeah, my live yeah, shows yeah, my my logos and whatnot Oftentimes I'll get something in mid-journey and then put it into Canva, remove the background. So Canva's like always open on my computer. So I'd say Canva. Yeah. Same here. Uh, One tab is always Canva on mine as well. Awesome. Mm. All right. So you hit five questions out of the park. That is awesome. So rapid fire is done. 
Did I win? Yeah, you of course you win. <laughs> so for the listeners who are here today, if they want to connect with you, what's the best way to uh, find you? Where where they can find you, and uh, how can they connect with you? I'm most consistently active on LinkedIn across both my own profile and the Lavender page as well. I thought so. And if you want to share one last parting message as you um, close this episode, what would that be? Yeah, just stop making bad content. <laughs> That's probably my main thing. Like it's yeah. it, it sounds bad, <laughs> but like. It, the, the bar is actually quite low for making good content. So I would say, you know, yeah. for any content marketers listening, stop making the content you want to make and start making the content that people want uh, and stop asking people, stop being so selfish with your content as well. Stop gating it. Stop hiding it. Yeah, stop yeah. asking people to do stuff. Stop making everything an ad and start making everything you do a value. People, humans reciprocate. So if you can give someone something, a laugh, a tip that's going to help them do their job better, some insight, some motivation for their day and you do that enough times they will reciprocate and click on your thing i promise you just need to believe that and keep giving that value of high quality and people will come back around for it so yeah that'd be my one thing on social stop being so selfish no that is brilliant it reminds me of the conversation that i had in one of with my one of my previous ceos that i worked with when i first asked him what is the number one kpi that you want me to uh, focus on for this quarter he said let's do good marketing so that's exactly it. It sounds very simple, but it, it's very, very profound when you think about it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think a lot of people are so yeah. focused on the metrics and the uh, the leads that they end up uh, ignoring what really matters. Just look at Lavender. People people know all about us and uh, we very rarely, yeah. we, I don't think we've got anything gated. I don't think we, we, we ever really hold anything back. We just keep giving. And uh, as such, the brand has grown and the number of users has grown as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right, then. Uh, thank you so much, Will. I think that was one of the uh, favorite conversations I've had. I've never had in-depth conversations in terms of video. So I really, really enjoyed it and really, really appreciate your time. I appreciate you as well, Yark. Thank you. Thank you.